The Twins suffer a slow and painful death in a battle with the Brewers in Milwaukee in Game 1, and the White Sox and Guardians both win. Let's break it all down on today's episode of Locked on Twins. You are Locked on Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Tuesday, July 26th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every single day. Again, this is Nash Walker, Season 3, talking about the Twins on a daily basis for Lockdown Twins, and Season 4, writing about the team at TwinsDaily.com. Tonight was a slow, painful death for the Minnesota Twins. They lose to the Brewers. Brewers walk them off 7-6 in nine innings. Twins had opportunities early in this game. Byron Buxton starts it off with a bang, a huge home run in the top of the first inning. I identified Buxton as the Twins' biggest X factor here in the second half of the season. He gets it going with a homer, his first game of the second half for the Twins. That was awesome to see, but they had more chances in that first inning. Correa doubles, Cal Garlic gets on, and then is picked off. Base running gaff, double play on a, a nice catch and left from Yelich, but a base running gaff, and The Twins were out of the first with only one run. Ethan Small tonight, the Brewers starter, was bad. Like, really bad. He was He's maybe the worst starter the Twins have seen this year. When you mix command and stuff, he couldn't really throw strikes, and his stuff wasn't very good at all, and they didn't didn't take advantage of it enough. Now, they scored some runs. They scored six runs tonight. They should have, you know, they should win games where they score six runs. But they had they had chances to do more early on in that game. The game wasn't lost. Sometimes I sit here and I'm like, that game was lost in the first inning. That game was lost in the third inning. But it, it felt like they needed to score more early on because Dylan Bundy was on the mound. And Dylan Bundy starting the third game out of the All-Star break for the Twins. And it's not really fair to Dylan Bundy to rag on him you know, after he struggles. And I say, he's their third starter and he's doing this. Because he wasn't signed to be their third starter. If this rotation was healthy and effective and was put together correctly, he would be their fifth starter. He would be out there as the number five. He wouldn't be pitching until, you know, after the Padres series with all the days off. But he's starting the third game out of the break. And he might not be the best, third best starter in the rotation. It's probably Chris Archer. But man, like that's for Dylan Bunny to be starting the third game out of the all-star break is, is kind of an indictment on where the twins are are at in their, in their rotation. You're missing Bailey Ober. He'll be back this year is what we hear. I mean, I didn't expect Bailey Ober to be out that long. He'll be back this year. You're missing Chris Paddock. You're missing Kenta Maeda. It sucks. Devin Smeltzer blew up and he's in triple a pitch. Well, tonight. it sucks. The rotation isn't very good. <laughs> we knew that coming into the season, they, they pitched, beyond their expectation for the first couple months of the year. And that's why they got off to this lead in the American League Central. But I think there's this feeling that in the second half, unless they go out and make significant additions, which I they should do, and I'm hopeful that they will, unless they go out and make significant additions in the rotation and in the bullpen, it's just it's a slow and painful death like tonight was. The ninth inning was a very good representation of where the Twins could be in the second half. 
you can make the pitches. You can you can battle and battle and battle and battle. At the end of the day, you don't have the guys who can get outs. You don't have the guys you can rely on every single night. That's what it comes down to. That's what it came down to tonight. Dylan Bundy for four innings. That's what it came down to tonight. They don't have the bullpen arms to get through a game like that and outduel the Brewers bullpen with Devin Williams and Josh Hader and Brad Boxberger and all these guys that can throw at you. The Twins don't have the arms. They don't have it. That's why they need to go on and make additions. But it's just, it's kind of sobering to see. It's sobering to see how bad it is. The the lack of depth in the rotation. They certainly lack a frontline starter. They lack depth in the rotation. They're lucky the schedule is this way. If they pumped out of the gate and they had a bunch of games in a row, which they will, but most are after the trade deadline. So they'll have an opportunity to gear up before a long stretch of games. But they're lucky they got the day off yesterday and they get a day off Thursday, which allows them to go back to Joe Ryan and Sonny Gray in the first two games of the San Diego series. If that wasn't the case, they would be going to Bundy, Archer, and I don't know who's pitching the fifth game. Is it Smelter's back up? That's that ain't that ain't good. That ain't good. And that's the spot they're in right now. With the schedule, they're lucky that it that it turned out this way. But you're seeing how shallow the rotation is. And the offense scored six runs. Gio Urshela hits a big home run to tie the game or to take the lead, rather, you just can't consistently get four innings out of your starters and expect to win. And I know there have been points this year where Rocco has a quick hook and he probably shouldn't. Tonight, did you feel confident going to Dylan Bunny in the fifth inning? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You don't feel comfortable with Dylan Bundy in that spot. Dylan Bundy doesn't have the stuff. He needs to be perfect with his command. And it's, again... I felt for him tonight because he gave up a couple blue pits and then the big three-round homer to Renfro. That was ultimately what got him. I feel I feel for him in that spot. He, he's just not – this rotation isn't talented enough. They don't have enough pitching talent. That's what it boils down to. That's what it's boiled down to the last two years. They don't have enough pitching talent. In 2020, they did with Barrios and Maeda and Taylor Rogers pitched, pitched exceptionally well. Tyler Duffy at the time pitched exceptionally well. They had enough in the shortened COVID season. They pitched extremely well that year, and it was a shortened season in the Central, so they certainly were boosted by that, but they just don't have enough talent. They don't have enough pitching talent, and they need to go out and get some, or else this is what's going to happen. They just, they can't, they can't get by with this group. You can't get by as Dylan, with Dylan Bunny being your third starter out of the break. You just can't. You can't get by with that. Kyle Garlic, base running gaff. The Twins did battle tonight, but the Sox and Guardians both won. Let's talk about what this all means after this word from Blue Nile. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every single budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. This is bad. This is bad, and we're scoreboard watching in July because the division's very close, and maybe it's too early, but I don't think it is. We're in the second half. It's time to scoreboard watch. 
The White Sox beat the Rockies at Coors, and the Guardians beat the Red Sox at Fenway, and the Twins lost to the Brewers in Milwaukee. So it's a two-and-a-half game lead on Cleveland. It's a three-game lead on Chicago. I think I, I made myself pretty clear at the time when the Twins were losing, blowing games, losing games to the Guardians and to other clubs as well, when the White Sox and Guardians would lose, I was very clear that that's going to come back to bite them because the Twins could be here right now with a seven, eight game lead on the White Sox and a five or six game lead on Cleveland instead of two and a half and three. The margin for error has become so much smaller because they didn't take care of business, because they didn't have enough pitching talent to close out games against Cleveland and close out games against basically everybody for that two or three week stretch when the White Sox were still scuffling and you had chances to beat the Guardians over and over and over and you blew it. And now you're sitting here and the division's very close. It's very tight. And I'm not saying the sky is falling, but the Twins have a tough little stretch here. You know, you got Corbin Burns Wednesday, and then you have to go to San Diego and see Joe Musgrove and Sean Manaya and Blake Snell. And I know Manaya and Snell have not been outstanding. Musgrove has been, but they have their work cut out for them. And in August, you have some very difficult series. You know, you got to go to Yankee Stadium in the second half for four games. You got to go to Chicago at least once. You have the Red Sox and the Giants. I know those teams have, have kind of sputtered, but teams that are in the race or right outside of the race and the Twins, it, it, they have to go to Houston as well in August. They have some tough stretches. I don't think the schedule is hard. Like it's a bottom half schedule in terms of difficulty, but you look at the White Sox schedule, they got Colorado and Oakland and Texas and Oakland again and Detroit and Kansas City. And they get to play all those teams mostly after the trade deadline when they've sold off their best relievers or sold off their best starters. The report emerging today that the Tigers are saying everybody's available. If the Tigers trade everybody, the White Sox are going to absolutely bully them in the second half. And the Twins will play the Tigers again, too, at home pretty soon here. During the deadline, they will play the Tigers. But like the White Sox play them a lot, and they play the Royals a lot, too, and the Royals are expected to sell. So it's it's scary. It's scary in the division, and that's not even accounting for Cleveland. And Cleveland's just hanging around. And I've I've counted Cleveland out many, many times, and I still don't think Cleveland will win the Central. But they're hanging around. Like, why would they not be viewed as a, as a real threat? You were into almost August, and they're still in second place and still on the heels of the Twins. So I don't know. It's Unless the Twins make significant additions, I think we're tonight, I know it's one game. It's one game. But tonight is a good example of where things could go. And they just don't have enough to last in the second half, in my opinion. I don't think the White Sox are great. I don't think Cleveland's great. But their pitching staffs are much better than the Twins. And their offenses are close enough where it doesn't make as big of a difference as it does on the staffs. And the Twins just don't have enough to last in this division without additions in the second half. And they certainly don't have enough to last into October if they were to, to by the hair of their chin, make it into the postseason. Dylan Bundy starting game three for you right now. Dylan Bundy starting game three of a playoff series. That's where we're at. So they they just don't have it, and they need to go out and make moves. And apparently the, the trade front is slow. That's expected. There's still a week left. It'll heat up as we get closer. But I'm very curious to see how the Twins approach that because I can understand the argument that the Twins, it feels like the Twins are far away from being a contender. And my counter argument to that is, they're not that far away from winning this division. They are in first place. And I think if if everything held, 
if everything held and the White Sox make some additions, which I think they will, and the Cleveland makes some additions, which I think they will, the Twins won't win this, won't win this, the Central. Like that's pretty clear to me. But my argument is if they make some significant additions, if they go out and get even Tyler Malley and David Robertson, if those were your two, I think then at that point, they may have enough in the Central to to last and to win into October. They probably need to do more than that. You could argue absolutely they need to do more than just that. But I think the division is weak enough where it's not weak enough where the Twins will, will survive with what is currently in place, but it's weak enough where if they make good, strong moves, they will. They will survive, I think. And then you're not guaranteeing anything. You go out and get Luis Castillo, he doesn't guarantee you a thing. You know, he could go down with a shoulder problem. He's already had shoulder problems this year. Could go down with a shoulder problem next week and nothing matters. You know, it's over. It doesn't guarantee you anything. But if if the trades worked out how the Twins would hope, they're going to hold on with significant additions. But again, as currently constructed, that's just, it's not going to happen here. And you can see why you can see tonight. They just, they don't have it on the pitching side. And that's, that's been the case all year and they've been able to gloss over. And I actually think it's, it's a testament to the guys on the roster, their ability to battle. And I will say the twins battled tonight. Let's look ahead to game two in this series. Corbin Burns, the opportunity that lies ahead for the twins and why it's a really tough one. After this word from sports card investor, welcome to the world of sports cards. Reimagine the sports card investor app is the hobby's most powerful resource. Quickly check the value of your favorite cards, find great deals and profit from the hobby you love available completely free in the Google play and Apple app stores. The sports card investor app is a must have for baseball fans, personal you know, I don't have many stories with cards, but I know people who are so passionate about cards. I know they would love Sports Card Investor. You can get breakout stars or prospects debuting. You can check the value of or find great deals on their first cards at Sports Card Investor. Download the Sports Card Investor app right now on your Android or Apple App Store or go to sportscardinvestor.com slash lockdown. That's sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on or else you can download it for free in the google play and apple app stores tonight felt like maybe because this is a daily podcast i fall victim to the moment but tonight felt like a game the twins needed to have if only because corbin burns is going on wednesday if i were to pick you know there's a handful of very good starters you know verlander would probably be at the top of my list kershaw almost had a perfect game against the twins this year but there's like a group of five or six guys who I say are extremely hard to get to. And Corbin Burns is is on that short list. He is outstanding. You'll see it Wednesday. And the only time you can really beat Corbin Burns, you're not going to barrel him. It's like any other starter. I mean, you can barrel him. The two ways that you beat Corbin Burns are you have to hope that he's not his, he's not commanding as well. And you have to hit some home runs. The the ideal scenario for the twins Wednesday is you got to get <laughs> You got to get five from Archer. I mean, they used everybody tonight. They can probably use Jack's Wednesday on a back-to-back with the day off Thursday. Duran is definitely down. Duffy is probably down. They could probably use Duffy again if they wanted to. They have some other options, Yenier Cano, but like Duran's the, the biggest guy. And you could maybe use Pagan as well on a back-to-back. The off day gives you some flexibility in that regard. I think Duran might be the only one who's truly down on Thursday. But even him, like you could see him go back to back, even though he threw 30 pitches, it's possible. You don't want to push him that hard, but it's possible if the, if the game is close and the twins feel like he gives them the best chance to win, it's, it's possible that that happens. 
the the spot they need to be in is they need to get four or five good innings from Chris Archer. Is that a lot to? It seems like a lot to ask for these days. Can we get four good innings out of a starter? That's not Sonny Gray or Joe Ryan. Seems like a lot to ask for. But four or five inning, good innings from Archer. The game is, you know, they're either tied or they have a lead, or you're down by one run when Burns leaves the game. And it's very hard because Burns will throw 100, 115, 120 pitches. He'll go seven, eight innings and he'll mow you down. But the the best opportunity for the Twins is the long ball on Wednesday. When they get to good starters, whether that's Garrett Cole, Kevin Gaussman, Nestor Cortez, the good starters they've beaten this year, Shane McClanahan they beat in Tampa, that's a good blueprint for how you beat a good starter is Shane McClanahan. They kept it low scoring. They pitched well, and then they hit home runs. Kyle Garlick hit two home runs off Shane McClanahan, who's been unreal this year, like Cy Young. He's on he's on his on his way to a Cy Young award if Verlander doesn't win it. Burns won it last year, so that gives you an idea of how good Corbin Burns is. You have to hit the long ball against guys like this because you're not going to string together hits. You're not going to string together five rally starting hits against Corbin Burns. You need to draw a walk and hit a homer and get two runs. And sometimes that's all you're going to get. And you have to just accept that that's all you're going to get on a given day. He's 96 to 98 with a hard cutter that he'll spot up back door. I mean, we saw him. We saw him last year. I was in Milwaukee. Corbin Burns in game two of the season dueled with Jose Barrios. Both of them were throwing no hitters, I think, into the sixth or seventh inning. And then Byron Buxton hit a two-run homer. The Twins won that game. I believe they won two to nothing. He might have hit a solo shot. Twins scored another insurance run. They won two to nothing. That's how you beat them. I mean, you have to pitch well. I know that's a crazy thing to say, but you have to pitch extremely well and hold them down, and then you just have to be opportunistic. It's easier said than done, and the Brewers are open as minus 195 favorites tomorrow for good reason. And that's why I think it was important for the Twins to win tonight. You're going against their fifth starter who's not very good at all. I know Bundy was pitching, but like if you had somebody, if you had over starting tonight, if you had really anybody else, maybe not Archer, but anybody else, you know, over Paddock, I know you, you hope like you, anybody would love to have every injured player healthy, but if you had anybody else starting tonight, it feels like the Twins win that game. It, Bundy just got beat around. He got beat around. He's too easy to hit. He doesn't miss bats, and that's ultimately what it came down to tonight. Maybe they can shock me and whoop up on Corbin Burns. They've done it more than once this year. They did it to Garrett Cole. They still lost that game. That would suck if they did that to Corbin Burns and still still lose the game. But it, it's very clear to me what needs to be done. They will not win this division as currently constructed. They will not go deep in the playoffs as currently constructed. I, I've been saying it for weeks. They need significant additions. And it's not just what we've seen. This isn't a surprise to me at all. We knew coming into the year they, they're missing a frontline starter. And then Paddock goes down. Now you're missing depth. Oh, Ober goes down. You're missing even more depth. They need starting pitching. They need bullpen help. They can't hang with teams like the Brewers on the pitching side. They just can't. They don't have a Corbin Burns to turn to on Wednesday to go. They, they don't have that guy. A lot of teams don't have a Corbin Burns. But it'd be nice if the Twins had somebody to pair with Joe Ryan and Sonny Gray where you don't feel like you just your offense needs to do everything for you on every given day. It's it's frustrating to watch, and they know it. We know it. I know it. I've been saying it for a while that this team needs help, and it needs help now. They have five games until the trade deadline. Go three and two. You got five games. Survive. Got if you lose if you lose to Corbin Burns like that that creates a must win series in San Diego. That's not a place you want to be either. So 
We'll see what happens. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every single day. Now make your second listen to Lockdown MLB Podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Lockdown MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. Go Twins. We'll be back with a post game tomorrow.